Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wouters and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Google's new amazing TPU, which it, it's basically just a bloody supercomputer. Just think of it like that. It can do a calculation in a day that just 20 years ago would have taken 250,000 years. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Krantz, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns. Hello and welcome to episode 153 of Perpetual Traffic. We've got a guest on today that uh, kind of figured we'd already had on by now, but we, we haven't yet. So kind of surprised. One of the OGs in our world. We got uh, Mike Rhodes on today with Molly and myself. Ralph is actually out in Croatia at a cool event right now, so he's not joining us, but it's going to be us three today. We got Mr. Mike Rhodes from Web Savvy going to be talking about some artificial intelligence. I think we called it how to use Google's AI for fun and profit, something like that, it sounded like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Let's have fun. Good stuff. Good stuff. So, but Mike, I've known Mike for a while. He's the co author of The Ultimate Guide to Google AdWords, the last two editions, the uh, number one best selling book in the world on Google AdWords. Mike's kind of a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe our favorite Aussie, other than Sonia. <laughs> Definitely one of our favorite Aussies. Mike, tell us what you've done besides all the amazing stuff. I've married uh, far above my standing and I've had two beautiful daughters. <laughs> That's the only thing that matters. Mike's a terrific guy, uh, definitely uh, expert on Google, but much more uh, in terms of marketing. But mostly, Mike, you're just lovely. So I'm glad you're here and thanks for being a friend. Yeah, Mike understands the algorithm. He understands how to win on AdWords. Originally, Mike kind of cut his teeth as being the sort of face of display advertising way back in the day. And now it's more just general Google AdWords. I remember you were one of the people that really helped Ralph the most back at the beginning when it came to scaling the team side of the agency and the systems 
to to build a team. And Mike is just one of the good ones. He's got a good heart. He's got an amazing business. People trust him and they know how to get results more importantly. So I think this will be a good one. We'll get into some high level stuff, but I bet you're going to be able to take away some gold. This is the stuff. If you understand the high level principles, then you can go out and figure it out on your own. Like what is the most optimum campaign strategy, messaging, audience, bidding strategy for my unique situation, my business. And I think that's what hopefully, uh, you know, we'll get into a little bit today by understanding the high levels of the algorithm, and probably just some cool stuff. So what do you guys say we get into it? All right. Let's do it. Cool. Let's get artificial. So what is artificial? What do you mean? Like Google AI? What is this? What does that even mean? What does it even mean? It's such a a misused phrase, right? Artificial intelligence is essentially just an intelligent machine. It's all around us already. It's just that once it stops being magical, we stop calling it artificial intelligence. What we're going to talk about really when we're talking about Google's stuff is machine learning, which is a subset of artificial intelligence, a little corner of AI. So machine learning or ML, I know I sound like a little bit of an idiot when I say ML all the way through it, but that's what Google have gone really, really, really deep into. And that's what they're using for all of their stuff. We were chatting uh, a while ago and you said frameworks are good. So we've come up with a framework because what is advertising? What are we all trying to do, right? We're trying to show the right message to the right person at the right time. And I would add to that doing so profitably. So if you can picture a little Mm. pyramid The foundation bit, the bit that we're going to cover first, is bidding, because that's the stuff that that the AI, the the machine, finds easiest to do. It's really, 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 really good at that. So we'll do bidding first, and then we'll talk about some targeting options that you have inside of AdWords and how the AI is is changing that. And then lastly, the messaging bit, because, yeah, computers aren't brilliant at writing ad copy yet, but yeah, they're they're getting better. Yeah, we'll get there. Can I start with a story? Yeah. yeah, of course. Because I just want to illustrate the power of how good Google's AI is. So back in 2014, there's this little company in London and it's got nothing. It's got no revenue, no clients, no profit. And Google come knocking on the door and offer about half a billion dollars for this thing. Huh? Why do they want to buy this thing? Well, they've got 110 of the best AI guys on, and girls on the planet. And that's what Google wanted to buy. They wanted the talent. At the time, 2014, it was considered almost impossible. Uh, This is maybe a 10 to 50 year thing to teach a computer to play the game of Go. So, you know, computers got really, really good at playing tic-tac-toe in the 50s. And then they beat the best at chess in the 90s. Go, which is this ancient Chinese strategy game, is considered the hardest game in the world. And what makes it hard, why they thought computers couldn't do it, is because it takes intuition. If you ask one of the best in the world, why did you make that move there? They'll say, it just felt right. And surely we can't teach computers how to feel, how to be intuitive. Well, with the power of Google's money and and the might of all of their resources, they had not only done that, they did it inside of two years. And they played the best guy in the world in 2016, and they beat him four games to one using this artificial intelligence against the best guy in the world at the hardest game, four games to one. And the guy afterwards, before he said, I will never be beaten by a cold, hard machine. Afterwards, he called the machine godlike. And it actually helped him raise his game to a new level because he saw moves he'd never seen before. Crazy stuff. And there's all sorts of reasons why that's amazing. But to keep it short, they then went away and improved on that. 
and came back and beat the new best guy in the world three games to nil. This is the beginning of last year, 2017. And they beat him three nil, at which point Google said, you know what? This computer is never going to be beaten. Uh, we'll send it off to Florida to play golf. It's retired now. It, it's not allowed to play Go anymore because it's never going to lose. What they did next, though, this is the kicker to the story, right? They built this thing called AlphaGo Zero. Now, this is a an AI, a machine. I'll just probably use the word machine as we go. It makes things easier. They built this machine. They didn't teach it how to, to, how to play the game. It learned by itself. In, in the old one, basically what they did is they fed in every game that had ever been played. And the machine went, okay, got that. I need more. I need more data. So they built another machine, trained it to the same level, and then had those two machines play each other 30 million times. That's how the first machine got really, really good. With this new one, they didn't feed it any information from any past games. They basically said, there's a board, there's black and white stones. You take it in turns, off you go. You figure it out. In three hours, it was as good as an amateur human being. Three hours. In 20 hours, wow. it was as good as a professional human being, a professional Go player, of which there are apparently thousands in the world. So they're really slow learners. Yeah, really slow. Yeah, yeah, big time. <laughs> Just like interns. <laughs> Just like interns. Hey, now. <laughs> it's been said that AI is like having a million interns. The only question is, what will you do with them? But we'll come back to that. Um, it took three days to get to the level of that 2016 machine. It took 21 days to get to the level of the really, really good machine that they'd built a few months earlier, the 3-0 machine. And in 40 days, from start to finish, in just 40 days, it beat that retired, never going to be beaten machine. It beat it 100 games to zero. Holy crap. In 40 days, without having to be taught anything about the game. So that AI, essentially, is what's powering all of the smart bidding behind Google AdWords. Just so you understand kind of how good it is. It's pretty mind-blowing. Wow, that's fascinating. And now we can leverage this in our businesses? And now we get to use that, that, that power of that machine, being able to see patterns, being able to join the dots that we just, we just can't see. So for your listeners that, that know a bit about Google AdWords, you know that there's a, f a few bits of data that Google give us that enable us to say, oh, I want a bit, a bit more or a bit less for that particular thing. Let's say that keyword in your account. You know, if someone's on a mobile phone or a desktop computer, often we've bid a little bit higher for desktops because we know they tend to convert better. Or if someone's on a remarketing list, they've been to our site before, we've cookied them, we've done everything right, we've got everything set up in our account, and we go, you know what? These guys, they're coming back two days later, they're more likely to convert too. Let's bid a little bit more for that. And then we've got time of day and geography and a few other bits and pieces, but there's not much data there. And if you do the best of the best setup, you're going to be using all of those signals and even the combinations of those signals, someone's age, someone's gender, their income level, to determine how much you want to bid, which is the crux of the whole thing, right? Because yes, you could bid $100 for everything, but you're clearly not going to be profitable. So getting the right bid is what makes the whole game work. Well, we have about five signals. Google, Google consider 70 million signals in that long, 0.1 of a second, every single time someone goes to Google and does a search to figure out which ads to show and how much to charge all of those advertisers. 70 million, just, just think about that for a second. So you go onto the computer and you start to type a search or maybe you search and then you hit enter. In that half a second, it is taking 70 million 
different data points based on your past history, your things that you're logged into, companies, yep. bids, companies that are bidding, their quality score, all these different things. The pages you've visited in the past, um, how you've used different devices, what apps you might have on your phone and how you've used them, how you've converted in the past, even which stores you've been to recently. They actually tested the phase of the moon. Didn't make any difference, but they tested it. So you can imagine what else they might have tested if that's the case. Yeah, it is mind-blowing. And that's what the machine is able to do. So even if Google could give us all of that data, even if they wanted to, which of course they don't, we wouldn't be able to use it. We'd all have to go and build our own AI machines to make sense of all of that data. And Google have just basically said, you know what, that's a bit silly. We can't, we don't want to give you the data. We couldn't. I mean, what would, the, what would the UI look like if you had 70 million things to consider? We're just going to do it all for you. Trust us. And this is, this is the fun bit, right? They're just saying, trust us. Because those of us that have been in the game for a while, we've tried some of Google's features and they haven't always been the best for us or for our clients. Both ways, right? Say Facebook and Google both a lot of times. I remember back in the early days of Google, that was like one of the biggest hooks to why you would want to buy a book like the Ultimate Guide Google AdWords, like edition one or two was because you don't necessarily want to do what they recommend. And they're usually trying to do it to help us. They're trying to simplify things. But a lot of times in the past, it's backfired. And same thing with Facebook. But I feel like Facebook's made a lot of headway in those areas as well as a lot of the things that they've done to help simplify things have been great when we start to leverage those more nowadays compared to like two and a half years ago. And Facebook is definitely much simpler to set up. And Google are aware of this. They know that AdWords is, is complicated and people don't use it because of that complication. So yeah, I can understand the difficulty for them. Yeah, they're caught between we're trying to simplify it, trying to get more businesses onto the platform. But at the same time, where most of the money comes from is the more sophisticated marketer. And we, we mm. love that power. I'm a control freak. I hate every time they simplify something and remove that control away from us. But it, it is definitely a, a trend over time. I guess I guess why now? Why is all of this AI happening right now is probably a really good thing to understand. It's really three things. This explosion in data because we're all carrying supercomputers around in our pockets. We're giving a lot of data. <laughs> exactly. We're giving which up we the forget. data yeah. in exchange for convenience and uh, yep. and it gets used by advertisers, which apparently Apple mentioned today at their developer conference. They, uh, they hit back a little bit at uh, these ad uh, run companies and, and some of the stuff that they're bringing to Safari and some of the blocking stuff that they're bringing out. But but data is at the core of this. Basically, the machine needs data, lots and lots and lots of data. The second bit is just raw computing power. Computers are just infinitely faster than they were even 20 years ago. There's a, there's a stat I use in my talks, which is Google's new amazing TPU, which it, it's basically just a bloody supercomputer. Just think of it like that. It can do a calculation in a day now, or a series of calculations, I guess, that just 20 years ago would have taken 250,000 years. Wow. Just to give you a sense of the scale of how much better they are. 250,000 times better. <laughs> I know, and that's years versus days too. So times another 365. Oh yeah. Oops. Bad math, Molly. Just really, really good. <laughs> um, and then those two things combined mean that the geeks are able to build more and more complicated models, basically better algorithms, basically do more math in less time. And so the models get better and better and better, which is how they're able to do 70 million signals in 0.1 seconds. That just that was impossible five ten years ago, just impossible. So now they've got this data, I've got super fast computers. They're all Google, Facebook, Apple, Amazon. They're all using this Microsoft too. 
using this to improve their products. And it's it's around us all the time. I mean, if you guys have Alexa or Google Home, my daughters love Google Home. They can walk up to it and play whatever music they want or get it to tell them a knock-knock joke. It's amazing. Gmail, as you start to type in Gmail, Google will finish your sentences for you based on how you've typed things in the past. It learns over time. And if you've used it on your phone, you've probably seen the three answers at the bottom, smart reply. I think something like 20% of people now use those smart replies. and It, it learns to speak like y'all. You know, over time, it gets better. <laughs> it knows. <laughs> it, knows it knows if you're in it, Kentucky. It does. It, it knows your uh, local accent. <laughs> my little girl, when I've got my Google Home, she was two and a half. And, you know, not the clearest of speaking voices at two and a half, but Google understood her and played the music uh, she wanted. Oh, oh, you should see the smile on her face when this thing just does what she asks it to do. And I'm uh, so glad. Actually, Google announced this uh, just a few weeks ago. They're, they're creating this feature called Pretty Please so that when you say please at the end or you ask nicely, Google actually does some positive reinforcement to reward you for that because it is really weird. Interesting. And you say, hey, Google, do blah, blah, blah. Oh, I can't say that too loudly around here. And things will start going off. <laughs> do, do blah, blah, blah. And you kind of find yourself because you're standing in front of the kids, you kind of find yourself saying please to the machine because you just want to teach them good things. It's crazy. Well, the whole exponential growth of technology, too. I mean, I'm, I'm curious on what what's paid search, what's organic search going to be like on voice, you know what I mean? In a few years from now, not that long, we're not that far away, you know? How are you going to be showing up in the search when somebody's brushing our teeth in the bathroom and, and wants to order yeah. toothpaste? Or in the car. A lot of people are using it in the car. I saw an amazing stat yesterday, actually, that more people are shopping on Google Home than Alexa now, which is mind-blowing i just assumed alexa was was winning that race at least for for e-commerce um professor scott galloway amazing guy check out his channel on youtube his book four is brilliant oh i have that book great book the four the hidden dna of amazon apple facebook and google yeah he's a great watch him on youtube he's just a passionate outspoken he's a great great guy um he talks about amazon a lot and there's a stat that he uses, which is more people now have Amazon Prime, and a lot of those guys have Alexa, than voted in the 2016 elections and that have a landline phone in America. More people have Prime than a phone, a landline phone, which is mental. So the power of that company and what it's doing. And yeah, it's, it's pretty big on AI too. How do you use it, Mike? Well, it just so happens that we know a couple of things about this. So, <laughs> yes. So, picture your pyramid. At the bottom, you've got bidding. Like, that's the fundamental stuff. We can't worry about using AI for all the other stuff. Let's get that taken off the table first. Then we can talk about targeting and then we can talk about messaging. So, like I've said, this, this, the power of Google is, is immense now. We're pretty much at the point where the machine's going to win. If not every time, then certainly most of the time. And I think we're months not years, but months away from it being near impossible to beat. So your best bet is to go into your AdWords account. Now at a campaign level, you have a whole bunch of choices of all of these different bidding options. There's seven of them, but I'll make it really easy. If you're a lead gen site, then use the target CPA model. And if you're an e-com site, use the target return on ad spend or target ROAS model. Now, if you've got not many conversions at all, then the computer's probably going to get a little bit confused and, and your your numbers are going to bounce around quite a bit. But as long as you've got around sort of 20 conversions a month or 20 leads a month, 
from there on up, the machine is getting better and better and better. And if you've got in the hundreds per month, it's almost guaranteed to beat you. But if you're like me and you're a bit of a control freak and you don't just want to blindly test or blindly trust in the machine, I should say, then test. Don't take my word for it. Don't take Google's word for it. Test before you trust. And there's a feature inside of AdWords called drafts and experiments. It's it's kind of visual. It's kind of a bit hard to explain with the power of my voice. So I've created a little check sheet, uh, cheat sheet even. That'd be better. A cheat sheet for your listeners and a little video. You're so fancy, Mike. Where can they get the cheat sheet? If you go to agencysavvy.com slash PT for perpetual traffic, agencysavvy.com slash PT and savvy is S-A-V-V-Y, but I'm sure that will be in the show notes. So cheat sheet video there that explains step by step how to do that. You basically, you create a draft campaign, you make a change, which is to change your bidding from manual to one of these models, say target CPA, and then you roll that out as an experiment, choose how much traffic goes to the experiment and let that run for a few weeks. And Google will tell you very visually, very easily, how much better that new experiment is doing compared to the old way. We have moved virtually 100% of our campaigns across to this over the past six months. Drafts. Drafts and experiments, yeah. And and the unintuitive bit, because you want to run an experiment, but the first thing you have to do is to create a draft campaign, which is where you make the changes, and then you apply that as an experiment. And I'd say go back a year, year and a half, we were winning. No matter, Google kept telling us, you've got to use our models. They're amazing. You know, we'll make you more money. And we would test, we would test. And most of the time, our way of doing it got better results. And about the end of last year, back when that machine was winning 100 games to nil, it was getting towards 50-50. Beginning of this year, it's more like the computer wins 80% of the time and we still win 20% of the time. And when it gets things wrong, it gets things really wrong. Like your CPA might go from 50 bucks to 200. And that's where everybody throws their hands up and goes, ah, see, I told you I was better than the machine. I'm going to stick my head in the sand and never use the machine again. But here's the thing, right? We're linear. We're linear beings. We think the future is going to be just like today, but a little bit better. And we remember the past as being just like today, but a little bit worse. This machine is on this exponential curve. You mentioned Peter Diamandis, one of my absolute heroes. He talks about this all the time, these exponential curves. The computer is getting so much better every week, every month, that where it's going to be a few months from now will blow your socks off. So if you have tried this, if you're an AdWords pro listening to this and you tried some of these smart things, even six months ago, never mind 12 or 18 months ago, I would urge you to try it again now because it's so much better than it was even six months ago. It's crazy how fast it's improving. Epic, epic. Okay, and just real quick, in case people are wondering, like anything that you're hitting on, if, if there's something different or that you want to uh, hit on in terms of YouTube, so say somebody's managing a YouTube campaign, if, where it might be different or not relevant in all three of these categories. Really not different at all. Um, for display, for shopping, and for YouTube, smart bidding is across all of those now and works really, really well across all of those. I know our good friend Tom Breeze is using the uh, the power of all of this smart bidding for his YouTube stuff. He does YouTube at a scale that, that few do, um, and he's using this more and more and getting great results there too. And, and yeah, as you said before, we've, we've been using Google's display stuff for a, a long time. We've, we've hung our hat on that for a very long time of, of being pretty good at that, and, and it works phenomenally well there too. So that's, that's bidding. Essentially, just embrace it, Please don't keep your head in the sand because it is changing fast and it will improve your accounts. 
So then the next layer on our little pyramid is targeting. So the, the power of the AI to show the right ad to the right person at the right time. There's a quote from Winston Churchill that I love. The longer you look back, the further you can look forward. So to predict what's coming, let's sort of look at a bit of history here. Three years ago now, Google rolled out this thing called universal app campaigns. So that was if you wanted to show ads inside of apps. This was a, a near fully automated way to do it. And this this universal comes up quite a bit. That basically means let us do it. You don't have control anymore. Leave it to us. We'll show the ads where we think the ads should be shown and we'll choose how much you should be spending on it. And when it launched, it was a dog. <laughs> it really did not do, not a nice dog like Larry, but just an, an <laughs> <laughs> I love it. A bad dog. I don't know if those exist, but it was a bear. It, oh, it was a bear. Yeah, that sounds scary. <laughs> and then about a year ago, April, I think it was, 2017, Google launched this thing called Smart Display Campaigns. Again, let us take control. We'll do all of the targeting. You don't get to put in keywords or interests or remarketing lists. We'll do it all. They came with this really nice feature called Smart Display Ads which hopefully will roll out to other campaigns in the future, which is basically, again, the power of machine learning, where you get to put in a few headlines, a few descriptions, and a whole bunch of images, and Google will mix and match those on the fly based on what it thinks is going to convert best for that particular person when they see that ad on that particular website, given all of those 70 million signals. That was a really nice feature, but the smart display campaign itself hasn't been the best. It is improving fast, but it can go off on some random tangents and then the one that they've just launched which i'm pretty sure i'm allowed to talk about because there is publicly available information about this now it's still in beta so there's some things i'm not allowed to say but there's a bunch of publicly available information and it's called shopping campaigns goal optimized brilliant name it used to be called universal shopping campaigns and then they changed the name to shopping campaigns goal optimized or sc-go in google's acronym oh boy um <laughs> Yeah, so let's just call this universal shopping because I think it's a much better name, which is a similar sort of trend. So they know that those little shopping ads, the ones with the little picture and the price underneath and those 30 characters of that little description underneath there that, that show up on loads and loads and loads of searches now on Google, those typically five across the top or maybe six or nine ads down the right-hand side, Google know that people love clicking on those and Google make a lot of money from those. Google make a lot of money. <laughs> Follow this trend. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm a skeptic by nature, as you may have guessed by now. But yeah, Google are playing this balancing act. Uh, and they're trying to keep the user happy, the advertiser happy, and obviously their shareholders happy as well. But they are more than not, they're focused on that customer bit and what is best for our customers. And if they see lots of customers clicking on that, and it makes sense because you've seen the product that you're looking to buy, you've seen the price, they know the conversion rates on those ads are much higher than standard search or display ads. And so they're wanting to put those ads in more and more places. But they also recognize that that's somewhat complicated for us to do. We've got search, we've got display, we've got YouTube that you mentioned, Gmail, and of course, voice coming. It's it's here already, but yeah, that's going to become a bigger and bigger thing over the next year or two. Google, uh, again, they're saying, look, look, we've got these really powerful machines. We're considering 70 million data points in 0.1 seconds. 
just let us choose where to show the ads, will you? And that's what essentially universal shopping or shopping campaign goal optimized is all about. It's not fabulous for us as control freaks. You know, we lose a bit of control. You don't have the option to have negative keywords anymore for your shopping campaigns. You don't get to control the bids. You don't even get the, the feedback loop. You don't get to to know what the search queries that someone was using are. You don't get to have different creative for your remarketing crowd. It's it's all lumped into the, the one, which I'm not a massive fan of, but the early results have been really good. So we're going to keep testing that. We're not ready yet to talk a lot about our results there because we, I, just, I don't want to talk about something that we don't have loads of data on and that if we're going to recommend something, I want to make sure that it's the right thing to recommend. But, it, but early results look good there. So from an AI point of view, targeting is getting better and better. They're really starting to understand exactly who to show that ad to. If someone does that search, which advertisers are going to be best to put in front of that person and, and how much to charge that advertiser. It's 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 almost starting to shoot the eyes out of the market. You know, it's just it's getting so good at predicting who's going to buy and who's not. It is really quite mind blowing where it's going. Fascinating. Can it just run our businesses for us? <laughs> yes, that's kind of where Google are going, right? I mean, this is fascinating because I mean, it's it's foreign from what we're used to, right? Like pressing all of the buttons and just everything that we do as media buyers. I mean, there are hints of the past, but I mean, do you think this is the future of, you know, especially Google? Like, will we need media buyers in five years? <laughs> yes, we'll, we'll always need someone to be that that buffer between the machines and between our lovely clients, right? They're busy running their business. They have millions of other things to think about. Yes, Google want to make it as easy as log in, press this button, and we'll do everything. But the way I explain it is artificial intelligence, the machine, is really, really good at answering questions. Our job is going to be to ask the right questions, to figure out which business problems to solve using the power of this stuff. We had a big session in the office yesterday. I'm, I'm diving really, really deep into this machine learning stuff, actually learning how to build neural networks and do all this Cody maths stuff, which is crazy. So we had a little lunch and learn in the office yesterday. I was sort of giving a whole bunch of examples to the team of how we can use this and how we might be offering machine learning as a service in a year or two's time to clients and, and taking some of these models off the shelf. Think of them as Lego bricks. You know, there's these models sitting there on the shelf. Google have these APIs and you can grab that thing, plug it into something else. Yes, you still need a bit of coding and so on at this point, but not nearly as much as you'd think. you think. You don't need to be a PhD researcher anymore in order to use machine learning in your business. Piggyback off that technology. Yeah, it is still hard to set up, but but in a year or two, the, the rate of improvement, the rate of change in this market is is just immense. And so to answer your question, Molly, yes, I think we're, we're always going to be needed, or at least yeah, agile, nimble agencies are always going to be needed because businesses are going to need this next thing and the next thing, and they haven't got time to learn it. Well, I think the most valuable this is a topic or pillar that you haven't hit yet, which is you have to have a human that can really help flush out that messaging to begin with, right? Uh, now, of course, you're going to use the machine to figure out what's all like to really, truly optimize things. But to write the ad or to, to design the image ad, you know, that definitely is the machines aren't there yet. But like, so let me give you a couple of examples of, of how machines are doing some writings just so that we understand where this is. 
And this goes back, I think, maybe three or four, maybe even five years. I actually tried to invest in this company, but couldn't because they wanted huge amounts of money. Um, <laughs> so there's a great company, Automated Insights. Uh, AI, get it? Um, well, they, they started using this machine to, to write um, summaries of baseball games for newspapers. Huh. Uh, because there's, there's a lot of structured data that comes out of a baseball game. In fact, most sports these days, a lot of data comes out of that. And so they basically trained their machine to write those you know, five column inches to summarize the game. And there was a thing they did live on stage where they actually read two of these side by side. One was by a seasoned journalist, 20 years of reporting on sports. One was by the machine. The seasoned journalist takes 20 minutes to write one of these. You know, a, a green cub probably takes an hour. The machine took about, oh, you know, two seconds or whatever it was. You couldn't really tell the difference. I mean, there was maybe just a hint there of that one's probably the seasoned journalist, but I'm not quite sure. And certainly a huge chunk of the audience got it wrong. You know, they asked people to vote. And that was four years ago. From data to clear, insightful content, Wordsmith automatically generates narratives on a massive scale that sound like a person crafted each one. That's a blurb. So now, now what you can do is you can feed an Excel sheet or a Google sheet into this thing, or you can hook it up to your Google Analytics account, and it will sift through all of that data and write the report for you. It's able to find the stories in that data and write it for you. Now, we didn't use it to send reports to clients because it's, it's a little dry and it's more sort of just finding the insight in the data, but there's no action next of we're now going to do this. But we would use that as an internal resource to help us surface the stories to find the stuff, which of these are we going to pass on to the client, which are important enough, and what are we going to do about these things? That's how we're sort of using this technology to augment our skills. So it's not going to replace, it's going to replace a lot of tasks that people do, but our job is to keep moving up the pyramid, to keep moving ahead of the robots and to get more strategic, more creative, focus on the relationship more. I mean, you mentioned creative before. Absolutely. That's the last little bit. Uh, one of the ways I finished my talk at Traffic and Conversion was to say, get really, really good at writing persuasive copy, but the machine will, will catch up. There's a, a relatively new feature. I'm trying to think when it came out, I think it was May the 4th, May the 5th of this year, so a few weeks ago called responsive search ads and so a little bit like that display ad i was talking about before you feed in 15 headlines and four descriptions and it mixes and matches those elements to find the best search ad so no longer i mean yeah back in the day i think when you know perry wrote the first version of that book one of the ad tests you might do would be to swap two lines around and save that as a new ad and go run that for a few weeks and see if it beat the original ad. And you know what? Often it did. And often that was a good thing to do. But that's just so old hat now. The machine will do that incredibly fast and do it all for you and then come back and say, this one. It won't even bother telling you about all the losers. It'll just keep running the winner more and more. So it's starting to come in. You even get suggested ads pushed into your account. Be wary with those. There is a, an option there that you can opt out. Basically, Google will, will write some ads for you, push them into your account. And if you don't do anything in 14 days, they'll end up going live. When they started doing this again, I mean, it was clear that that it either, either was an intern or it was a machine that had written this. It clearly wasn't a, a good copywriter, but they're getting better and better and better. I mean, you've only got, you know, 140 odd characters there. There's not too much the machine needs to do. But what they're doing now is instead of trying to write it most of the time, I mean, that's still happening, 
but they'll just say, okay, well, you write the bids, you write the elements, we'll figure out the best combinations of those. So they're using the machine in a really, really smart way. What you've got to do as a Google AdWords advertiser is just be aware of all of these changes, use the ones that are working well, use them smartly, and and keep up with all of this stuff that's that's coming down the pipe. Mike, what do you think this will look like in five years? I know that's hard to predict, but like this is just so new, like it's hard to even conceptualize it really. But I mean, I don't know where. What do you think will happen? Even even three years from now, I think it's really really hard to predict that. I think yes, almost all of what most agencies do today, almost all of that is going to be automated to the point or you know, abstracted away to the point where just humans will be in the loop there, but we won't be doing a lot of the stuff that we currently do today. So mm. much more strategic conversations with clients. That's that's the first thing. So we've got to, we've got to move up from being you know, AdWords specialists or Facebook specialists to not just talking about traffic but talking about marketing in general not just digital marketing but but all of the marketing all the marketing everything is so holistic now like you have to be firing it on all cylinders and and then how does that tie into the business moving up from there even to the business as a whole because businesses are getting digitized you know i have a bunch of questions that i'm starting to ask businesses now what business problems do you want to solve what data do you already have what would you wish you could know What do you sit there and go, if only we knew, mm, okay, well, how can we start to look at the data you have and start to think about how could we use the machine to solve some of those problems? And that's where I I think we'll be going as an agency. I'm pretty certain of it, actually. Machine learning as a service where we're starting to bolt some of these off-the-shelf things together in a really, really smart way to solve some really interesting problems. I'll give you an example. This is not one that we did, just to be clear, but an agency in Russia uh, that I've just come back from, which was an awesome trip. We'll talk about that another time. Yeah, it looked amazing. It's just a wonderful stage to speak on. And a really, really cool crowd. Synergy Digital, Dimitri over there, just a lovely, lovely group of people. But this agency in Russia took Google's, basically, let's just call it Vision API. So they've got this machine learning tool that is able to recognize stuff. And they told it to look out for luxury SUVs. They hooked that up to a camera sitting above a billboard on a freeway in Moscow. And whenever the machine detected a luxury SUV, you know, a couple of hundred yards up the road coming towards the billboard, it would change the ad on the billboard to something that would be really, really targeted to that guy. I can't remember the make of car that they were advertising, but they knew that it would appeal and the messaging would appeal to people that were already driving luxury SUVs and they wanted to show them an ad for a new car. Very, very targeted. Right, right, right. Yeah, similar to the big futuristic, uh, I guess, posters, right, in in, in high-end yeah. stores. Minority Report stuff. Uh, yes. Abercrombie & Fitch, I believe, do, do a similar thing. Where the, yeah. the whole of the front of their store changes what is displayed on the front of that huge screen. It changes depending on who's walking past uh, as an average at that time of day. You know, is it mums? Is it kids? Yeah, et cetera. Um, so they did this. I mean, you, you take a billboard, which is about the least targeted medium that you could get, and by adding in a little bit of machine learning, I mean, yeah, $1,000 worth of API calls and hooking this up with a little bit of code, not PhD-level stuff, but just somebody really smart and creative that thought of this, genius what a great way to use that and that's going back maybe even a year or two from now so it's it's that sort of stuff is where we're going to be going how could you 
solve problems. That's, that's what you've got to be asking yourself. And that starts with data. Be really clear, be really honest with yourselves. If you're a business owner listening to this, what data do we have in our business? What data don't we have in our business? Uh, how could we do that differently? How could we collect, store, categorize? We've got transaction data, maybe some website data, but start thinking about your data strategy, what data you're going to be needing in your business in the future. Fascinating. Good stuff. All right. This has been good. I mean, I love the high level plus we, we got, you know, some a tactical too for somebody who wants to just get in there and and test it out. And, and or if you're doing things, try things in a more simple way. But test it because uh, you can't bury your head in the sand any longer. I know it can be scary. I know it can be very overwhelming, but you got to test it because this stuff will be surprisingly good if you haven't used it before. So that, that cheat sheet, that video, agencysevy.com slash PT, it's freely available. Please grab it and, and roll it out in your account. Go test it for yourself. Awesome. Thank you so much for, for coming on. We love you. We love you. We love you. I'll be downloading that. Once again, you can hit the show notes at digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. This is episode 153. We'll have that there as well. Or go download it like we're going to do. Mike, thanks for coming on. We're going to have to have you on again uh, for some more, uh, you know, in the trenches stuff, more advanced stuff, maybe. Definitely have to have you on again soon and uh, talk some AdWords. Be my pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. Hopefully you enjoyed it, and uh, we will talk to you on the next one. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Krantz, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening. John Moran here. Q1 is closing and it probably didn't go as well as you'd hoped. I'm sure your agency is telling you that they crushed it, but in reality, it probably crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you, or if there's something wrong but you can't quite put your finger on what, go to tier11.com forward slash apply. That's tier11.com forward slash apply. And we'll get set up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make agencies look good.